Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you this morning just for a few minutes uh, on a subject of a series that I've been doing for the last few weeks that I've titled uh, Monsters. And today is going to conclude that series. And um, there's been several monsters that I've... uh, spoke about to you that we've uh, dealt with and and destroyed so we can continue to move forward in our walk with God. But we need to realize that there are some enemies out there of the heart, things that will try to pull us away from Jesus Christ, things that will create spiritual damage in our life. I know uh, maybe you've showed up today and there's been some monsters that have invaded your life from time to time, and those monsters, if you allow them, They will rob you of your peace. They will rob you of your joy. They'll they'll rob you uh, and damage you spiritually in your life, keeping you away from God. And and I feel like over the last few weeks that uh, the Lord's impressed on me, and I felt like He's encouraged me to bring these messages to the church so that we as a church, we as Christians, will have a healthy heart spiritually. Because if we have a healthy heart spiritually as a church, then we'll have a healthy church. And a healthy church is going to bring glory to God. And that's what we want. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you today about the condition of your heart spiritually. Well, what is the true condition of your heart today? Are there any heart complications in your life? Are there any blockages? You know, a lot of times people don't even realize that they have a blockage in their heart. And that's how it is with these monsters sometimes. We don't realize that we have these monsters, but I promise you, sooner or later, when you have an encounter with a certain person or you go through a certain situation, sometimes these monsters will show their ugly face. And the first monster that I talked to you about a few weeks ago was the monster which is the most dangerous monster, and that's the monster of pride. Pride is dangerous. Pride is dangerous because when you're a prideful person, what you're really saying is that you can live apart from God and that you don't need God. So you you elevate yourself above God and then you tend to elevate yourself above other people thinking that you're better than them. You think you're better than God. You think you know more than God. And then you think you know more than the people around you. And it's a dangerous place, friend, when you think you know more than God. And it's a dangerous place when you're living away from God. And the Bible tells us that pride comes before destruction. Prideful people are going to eventually fall. They're going to fall and it's going to be ugly. And that monster is a dangerous one. And then we learned about the monster of anger. Pastor John preached a powerful message to you on how anger can hinder your walk with God. Last Sunday I preached on the monster called guilt. So many people deal with this thing called guilt because of something they've done in their, in their life and they're still dealing with it. Even, even Christians that I counsel are still 
allowing this dark weight of guilt around her neck. And they have to remind themselves that the only way that guilt can be removed is through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus removes that guilt off of your life. Hallelujah for that. Thank the Lord today for the blood of Jesus Christ. But today I want to talk to you about this monster that is another dangerous monster. And I believe, in my opinion, and you know how opinions are, I believe, in my opinion, this monster is the most popular monster, especially in the day and time that we live in. And I believe you would agree. And it's the monster of offense. Man, we live in a day-to-day where people are so easily offended. I mean, people are offended over everything in our society today. Offended by this, offended by that, offended because I don't have hair, offended because you do have hair, offended because of the color socks you got on, offended because you drive a Chevrolet and not a Ford, offended because of something flying on a flagpole, offended by a a statue, offended by this, offended by that. Everywhere you turn, people are offended, offended because you're pretty, offended because you're ugly. People are offended about everything today that we live in. People, and I mean even church people. Church people even get offended. Offended over things that happened 20 years ago. Offended by things that happened uh, two months ago. Offended by things that happened two weeks ago. Offended by things that happened two nights ago. Some of you are offended by things that happened two minutes ago. People are uh, so easily offended. Wouldn't you agree today? I probably already offended somebody. <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, I had a pastor friend of mine call me, and he was telling me about uh, a trip that he, was in, he took to Goldsboro, and he was going down Wayne Memorial Drive in Goldsboro during the time when school's taking in and work starting. Have y'all ever done that trip before? Because that's a bad place to be on Wayne Memorial Drive. That's a bad place. And he, and he said, I was driving and I was trying to get to the hospital. And, and while I was kind of weaving in and out of traffic, I, I accidentally pulled out in front of a couple in a car. And evidently, he offended them. Because when they pulled up to the stoplight, it just so happened they rolled up right beside them. And the lady in the car rolled down the window. And she began to rant and rave and began to cuss. And she was mad. She was offended. And then with one hand and one finger, she told my pastor friend that there was only one way to heaven. I'll let you guess which finger that was. They said they had a mile first pH sticker on the car. I don't know. I'm just messing. But she was offended. She was offended. And you know what? When you're offended, and she's the perfect example, when you get offended in life, all of a sudden these destructive behaviors start coming out of your heart. You may start acting a certain way or attitude comes on. So it happens to all of us. Listen, I don't care who you are in this place today, including myself, you have either been offended or you have offended somebody in your life. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 17, 1. Jesus told this to his disciples. He said, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him who they do come. Listen, offenses are going to come. You're going to be offended in life. It's going to come. People are going to do things to you. They're going to say things to you that's going to offend you. So what exactly does the word offense mean? Well, Webster's Dictionary puts it like this. It means to be hurt, to be injured, to be wounded, 
to be insulted, to be embarrassed, or to be attacked by someone. If that's happened to you, raise your hand. It's everybody in here today because we've all been offended. Now listen to the Bible definition of offense. I love the word of God. You start breaking down these words and study them in in the original text. And the Greek word for offense is the word scandalous. Scandalous where we get the word scandal. And the word scandal means to disgrace someone. To disgrace someone. When when you're offended, someone uh, is... Or when you commit the offense, you're disgracing someone. And the Bible tells us it also means it's a trap. It's a trap. The devil has created a trap for you. So when you're offended, that you get caught up in this trap. And you're insulted and wounded and hurt. And bitterness begins to form. And now you can no longer move forward getting closer to God and growing in your walk with God. Because you're now in this trap of bitterness. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Keeping you away from Jesus Christ. It's getting quiet. And how in the world are people so offended today? We know what offense is. It's a trap. Well, how in the world do people keep falling into this trap? Well, we could all stand up here today, each and every one of us, and we could give examples of how we've been offended in life. Maybe you were not picked to be on the baseball team in school or the football team. I mean, I'm one of the best ones out there, and they didn't pick me, and now I'm offended. Nobody invited me to the event, or nobody invited me to the party, so now I'm offended. Pastor didn't shake my hand or pastor didn't speak to me today at church. Now I'm offended. I didn't like the worship music today. It was too loud. It was too soft. Now I'm offended. I won't ask to sing on the praise team today. They had me back in the last row of the choir where nobody could even see me. Now I'm offended. Nobody called and checked on you. Now I'm offended. I've been insulted, embarrassed in front of a crowd and now I'm offended. People talking about me behind my back. Now I'm offended. People making fun of me because of what I'm going through in my life. Now I'm offended. I'm being treated unfairly at work. Now I'm offended. And some of you have been in this trap right now for years and years and years. But I got some good news for you, friend. Jesus wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free. Listen, this is serious business about offense. You, you allow this thing to fester and grow into a, a hurt that becomes bitterness and you will begin to live with it and it will keep you away from drawing closer to Christ Jesus. It will hinder you. And we see in the scriptures today, all throughout the scriptures, examples of people being offended and how it causes that destructive behavior. How many of y'all remember the story of Joseph and his brothers? Joseph has this dream that he's going to be a great leader and his brothers, they don't like the dream. And so what they do is they come up with a plot to murder Joseph. But instead of murdering Joseph, they throw him into a pit and they sell him and he's sold into slavery. You see, they were offended. And because they were offended by their brother, now destructive behavior is the result. How about the story of Jesus when he's in his own hometown and he stands up before the people and he begins to declare that he is the Messiah. And then it says the people in his own hometown were looking for a way to take Jesus and throw him off a cliff. They they were offended by Jesus and what he would say. And now their destructive behavior is the result. You see, friend, this monster of offense is dangerous on both sides. But I want to share with you one powerful story today that we can pull truth from that I believe will liberate some people today. 
This story I'm going to share with you is going to show you what not to do when you've been offended and what to do when you've been offended, how to handle it. And it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Write it down. You can go back later and read the whole chapter in its entirety, but I want to pull some truth from it today. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Let me set it up for you in context. Uh, David is married to Saul's daughter. Her name is Michael. Some translations say McCall, but we'll say Michael today. David, King David is married to Michael, Saul's daughter. And at this time, the ark of God, the covenant of God, uh, is no longer in Jerusalem, but they're transitioning it from the house of Obed-Edom to Jerusalem, the ark of the Lord, which represents the presence of God. You see, Obed-Edom had the ark of the Lord in his home, and it says for three months he was blessed. That's a sermon right there. If you've got the presence of God in your house, you're going to be blessed. But it says that David recognized that after three months, Obed-Edom's house was being blessed because of the ark of God. So he makes a, a move to, to move this ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem, and he takes all of Israel with him. They're singing, they're dancing, they're rejoicing, they're playing all kinds of instruments, just so creative in their worship, and they're just so excited about the presence of God through the ark of the covenant coming into Jerusalem. But there's one person that's not celebrating And that's his wife. And she's locked away in a room watching all this take place. And she's offended by David. Let me read to you. Verse 12, it says, King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David, which is Jerusalem, with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all of his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering in the city of David, Michael, which is his wife, the daughter of Saul, she watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, listen to this. She despised him in her heart. She despised him in her heart. And then if you skip on down to verse 20, uh, we, we pick back up and David has been celebrating and he offers up some sacrifices after they pitch a tent for the ark of the God, for the ark of God. And then he goes back home and it says in verse 20 that when David returned home to bless his household, His wife, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, and she's being sarcastic here, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than what you've seen now or undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. Now listen to verse 23. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for your word that is truth. 
And there's power in your word, God. And we thank you today, Lord, as your word is being proclaimed, that, Lord, that you would anoint our time together, anoint my voice. God, anoint the ears and the hearts of the people today. And, God, may you just liberate and free people, God, from any offense in their life today. Set them free from this trap of the enemy. And, God, bring freedom to their life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, all I want to do for the next few minutes is just pull a few things from this story that I believe will encourage us on what not to do and what to do when it comes to an offense. I want you to notice first in this story that David, King David, is down in the streets dancing and he's down in the streets praising God and unknowingly to David, he has offended his wife, Michael. You know what that tells me? That sometimes in life, we can offend people and not even know it. You can offend people and not even know it. You could offend somebody by what you said or by what you did, and you not even realize that you have offended that person. And here's what happens. You know, sometimes we offend people and not even know it. Some of you this morning, you may have offended two or three people on the way into church. I hope not. I, praise, I hope you didn't offend nobody. But sometimes that happens and we not even know it. But here's the deal. David's out there dancing and unknowingly his wife has been offended. And now he's out here enjoying life, praising God, just rejoicing. And here she is locked away with bitterness with a despised heart. See, that tells me that, you know, people, they're, they're out there and they can just go on in life. But friend, if you let that bitterness sink in, it will pull you away from God. And you not even realize it can cause damage in your life. It's like cancer that begins to spread throughout your whole body and it begins to eat away at you when you continue to hold on to this, this bitterness. And you know, sometimes if, if she just would have went to David and confronted him, she would have realized what was happening. And sometimes, friend, we need to just confront one another and talk to one another like, like grown-ups. You know, in Matthew 18, in Matthew 18, he tells us that you go to that person that has offended you and you talk to them and you try to work it out. And sometimes we need to go to each other and she didn't do that. And she went on living a life of bitterness. We also learn from this story that most of the ones that offend us are the ones closest to us in our life. In this case, Michael was David's wife. And sometimes those that are closest to us in our life, the ones that we love the most, can be the ones that actually wound us and the ones that hurt us and the ones that can offend us in life. Maybe this morning you come in here and there's an offense in your heart right now because of something that your husband has said to you or done to you. Maybe you're wounded this morning because of words that your wife has said to you or something your wife has done to you. Maybe you're hurt this morning and wounded by something your family's done to you. They've betrayed you or somebody's betrayed your trust. A friend hurts you. A co-worker hurts you. Or maybe even, guess what? A brother and sister in Christ hurts you. Because sometimes it can happen. But listen to me. No matter who it is, whether it's somebody close to you or a complete stranger like my pastor friend ran into, there's a good way to respond and a bad way to respond. And Michael responded in the bad way. You know why? Because she wanted to seek revenge. You know, when somebody wounds you or somebody hurts you, what's the first thing you want to do? It's just natural. You want revenge on them. I'm going to pay them back. They don't know who they're playing with. I'll mess them up. This homie don't play. 
You know what I mean? I quit school because they had recess. We want revenge on people. They did this to me. I'm going to do that to them. I'm going to show them you don't play with me. I'll get even with them. We're, we're sort of like the disciples when, when Jesus went into Samaria and the, uh, uh, they rejected Jesus in Samaria. And what did the disciples say? They said, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven and burn them up. Amen. And that's how we are sometimes. Lord, just send a fire and just burn them and zap them all up. And Jesus rebuked the, he rebuked his own disciples from saying that, friend, because that's not how we're supposed to respond. We're not supposed to respond that way. We're not supposed to pay back. The Bible says that vengeance belongs to the Lord. Let the Lord defend you. Let the Lord fight your battles for you today. You see, when you take matters into your own hands and you start fighting with people that are in your family and start fighting the ones close to you or fighting with anybody, guess what? The devil finally has you trapped. And now, because you're trapped, he's going to keep you from getting to Christ and drawing closer to Christ, and he's going to damage you spiritually. And all he's doing is laughing at you because you're trapped. Here's what you're supposed to do when somebody offends you. And I don't know why they put it in the Bible, but they did. The Bible says never pay back evil for evil, but pay back evil with good. Why did that have to be in there? (laughs) But it is. And that's how God wants us to respond to people who offend us or who hurt us. That we never pay back evil for evil, but pay back evil with good. Help us to keep doing good. God help us. I want you to notice this. Then Michael, the wife of David, she was offended by David dancing and praising. And people who are easily offended are going to be critical all the time. They're always going to be criticizing. Somebody that's easily offended will be somebody that's always criticizing about something. And this lady here had a critical spirit and she tried to tear David down with her words. Do you know this morning that words hurt? The Bible says life and death are in the power of the what? The tongue. Words hurt and they will cut you down. Can you imagine how her husband felt when she began to tear him down with her words, trying to use her words to bring guilt and to bring shame on David? Let me ask you this morning. Maybe there's some words that have been said to you in your face or even behind your back that has wounded you, that has offended you. And I know all of us have been wounded by words. It says that she despised David. With her heart. And that just tells me right now, friend, when wicked words are spoken, it comes from a wicked heart. When somebody begins to speak wicked words against you and try to tear you down with words, all they're doing is revealing there's some wickedness in their heart. And here's what we need to do. We need to pray that God would change their heart. That God would change their heart by his power. I want you to notice as well that David and all of Israel were singing and dancing and praising God. My question is, why wasn't she celebrating and praising God? I mean, everybody else is happy. Everybody else is rejoicing. Why isn't she celebrating and praising God? And here's the lesson to be learned. Please pay attention to this. Beware of people who are not celebrating and rejoicing with you when God is working in your life. Man, when God's blessing you and you're, you're just going to a whole nother level with God and, and He's blessing your family and, and things are going well for you and you look around and there's some people just looking at you and they're not smiling and they're not clapping their hands and they're not rejoicing, you better beware of those people. Beware of them. 
Still love them, but beware of them because they're just like Michael. And what's happening is they're revealing to you through their wicked words that they have a wicked heart. And instead of celebrating, instead of celebrating, she was critical. Why don't we start celebrating more instead of criticizing as much? Instead of celebrating, she was critical. Instead of praising God, she was pouting. How many powders do we have in the house? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many powders do we have? I'm a powder. I was joking in the first service, but you know, Lisa's here. I better behave this time. You know, I don't know how you men deal with when things happen and you get wounded or if words are said or things like that. But I can tell you a lot of times, you know, uh, not me, but somebody else I know. Uh, so, well, you know, what, how do you handle stuff like that when somebody hurts you with words or if you're offended or if anything's going on in your life? How do you handle it? And, and most of the men usually stick that bottom lip out and walk around pouting all the time. You know what I mean? And because... You know, something just don't seem right. I don't know. You just don't act yourself. Is everything all right? No, I'm just fine. <laughs> and then two days later, come, you know, something just ain't quite right. I don't know. Is you sure everything's good? How's things at work? Everything good? No, I told you I was fine. <laughs> I must have been hitting a nerve this morning or something. I don't know. And then about a week later, they come back, there's definitely something going on. Why didn't you ask me about it? I've been trying to tell you all week what's going on in my life, you know. That's how we are. That's how men are. But you know what? Instead of pouting, we need to be praisers. Amen? Come on, friend. We need to be praisers. Just like David was. I want you to notice this about Michael. This is powerful to me here. After she wounded David with her words... It says that she had no children to the day of her death. Friend, when you hold on to bitterness and offense in your life, it will keep you from being unfruitful. Do you hear me? It, if you hold on to that bitterness, it will cause you to miss out on some things in life. This lady, because of the offense in her life and because she was bitter now, now she's missed out on having a family. Now she's missed out on being together with her husband and rejoicing right there in her hometown. Now she's missed out on praising God. Now she's missed out on being in the presence of God. You see, when we go through life easily offended or when we go through life offending people, we will be unfruitful. Missing out on all God has in store for us because all we can think about is the offense and we're not able to be fruitful. Some of you showed up this morning and this is your, this is your attitude right now. They offended me, so I'm going to just stay mad forever. They offended me, and I'm going to hold this grudge until I go to the grave. They offended me, and I'm going to stay bitter forever. They offended me, and I'm going to despise them in my heart forever. And like Michael, you let the offense now cause you to be unfruitful, and now you're missing out on some things that God really wants to do in your life. Families, listen to me, families missing out on some precious events in the life of their loved ones because of bitterness. Did you hear what I just said? Families broken, missing out on special events in the lives of people around them because of offense and bitterness. Relationships unfruitful because people refuse to even talk to each other. Relationships unfruitful because one side is always being critical and then one side's always tearing down. And the devil has us in a trap and division has set in and the result is 
There's broken relationships, broken families, broken friendships, broken churches, broken nation. All because the devil has us in that trap of offense. And God, will he help us? We pray, God, to help us today and set people free and learn how to handle those offenses in their life. Let me just tell you this, friend. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to be unfruitful. I refuse to miss out on anything because of trying to hold on to an offense. I don't want to miss out on what God has in my life trying to hold on to something somebody's done to me. I want to be fruitful for God. And God wants you to be fruitful. And I'm getting ready to give you the four keys right now on how to overcome offense. You get your pen ready. Get ready to write. This is deep stuff right here, I tell you. You see, David and Michael both had a choice to make. One could become bitter and one could become better. Michael got bitter. David got better. Let me ask you this morning, which one are you going to do? Are you going to let what somebody's done to you in your life, somebody close to you that loves you, that you love, are you going to let them make you bitter or are you going to let it make you better? What are you going to do? Let's do what David did. Listen to what David did. David teaches us how to get better instead of bitter. The first thing you need to do, write it down, the first thing you need to do to overcome offense is stay in the presence of God. David, even though his wife was tearing him down, even though she was ridiculing him and despised him, he stayed in the presence of God. And friend, that's where we have to stay, in the Word of God, in our prayer life, in church, surrounded uh, in the presence of God. Because when you're in the presence of God, you're going to reflect God. You're going to reflect God to your family. You're going to reflect the love of God to your friends. I tell you, I shared in the first service, and it hit me yesterday. And I didn't know whether I was going to share it or not, but the Lord impressed on me earlier, and I think I'm going to share it again. But let me just tell you this, and, and I want you to forgive me because I want you to know that I always want the nicest son, nicest kid all the time before I met Jesus. Jesus changed my life, I'll tell you that. But when I was in the military... I was stationed in San Diego, California, and I was in boot camp. And I'm talking about staying in the presence of God so you can reflect God to those who have offended you. I want you to know there was a man in our train, in our boot camp. And listen, I know I'm not pretty, but that guy was ugly. I'm just telling you, he was ugly. And he had a lot of issues, and, and, and everybody kind of picked on him, and everybody hurled insults at him, and they messed on him. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, I was right there in the middle of it. I could do the best your mama jokes you've ever seen. And I'm not proud of it. I really am not proud of it because, man, this guy here, I mean, he just, we would lash out at him and say things about him and pick on him just over and over and over. And, and, and he just sat there and he would look. His name was Ray. And he would just look at you and, and he would smile and act like it hadn't even phased him. And I remember when we graduated from boot camp, our families were coming in uh, to see us graduate. And we were going to have some time that we could spend with the families after the ceremony. But not everybody could go because somebody had to stay behind in the barracks and watch over the barracks. And we were all trying to figure out, well, we don't want to stay. Who's going to stay? Who's going to do it? And you know what? In the midst of all those insults and all that hurt that we caused in Ray's life, Ray stood up. He said, you know what, guys? I'll do it. He said, I'll do it. (laughs) Ray! 
the one we just bashed at times, the one we picked on, the one we made fun of. He said, you know what, my family's not even coming. Let me do it so you can go be with your family. <laughs> Ray was a reflection of Jesus. Somebody that's been offended and somebody that's been insulted and somebody that's been wounded, he stands up and says, you know what, I'll do it. And that's how we have to be as Christians, friend. When those insults come and those hurts come and those wounds come, we just have to hold our head up and smile like Ray and say, it's all right. God bless you. God help us to be like Ray. Number two, you got to keep praising God when people hurt you. Don't ever lose your praise. Some of you lost your praise because you're holding on to an offense. Some of you can't raise your hand no more. Some of you can't really dance and enjoy life anymore because you can't praise God because you're still holding on to an offense. David, he kept praising God. He says, I'm, I'm going to get even more undignified than what you see now. And friend, you've got to keep praising God. Keep praising God when people hurl the insults at you. And don't give up. That's the third one. Don't give up. David didn't give up. He could have gave up when his wife came to him and hurled those insults and wounded him with those words. But he didn't give up. Do you remember Job? He lost everything in his life. He lost everything. And when he's down at the very bottom, guess what? His wife and his friends come to him and they just tear him down even further with words. But what does Job say? He says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. The Lord give. The Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't give up. And number four, the one that you don't want me to say. The one I don't even want to say. I said, Lord, are you sure this is in the Bible? He said, yeah, it's in the Bible. Because if it's not in the Bible, I'm not saying it. He says, it's in the Bible. Number four is you got to let it go. Now, I found out earlier there's a Disney song, something called Let It Go. I'm not talking about Frozen. I'm just telling you, friend, you got to let it go. Listen, no matter the wound, no matter the hurt, no matter the betrayal, no matter what somebody has done against you to create this offense, you have to let it go. Let it go. Say it. Let it go. One more time. One more time. Let it go. Disney would be proud. David let it go. David just let it go. Listen to this proverb here. Powerful, powerful proverb in Proverbs 19.11. Write it down. It says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Did you hear what I just said? A man's wisdom gives him patience. Listen to this. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. That word overlook means to let go. Just overlook it. Somebody has said something to you, a, a, a mom, a dad, years ago. Somebody's done something to really just wound you and hurt you. Or they might have done it last week. But you got to overlook it. Just let it go. Let it go. And it's not easy because I know the pain sometimes can be deep. I know it can hurt. But the Word of God says to overlook it. To let it go. I love the Word. Listen to this. I'm almost done, I promise you. In, some, in Proverbs 19.11, it said it is to his glory to overlook an offense. That word glory actually means beautiful. 
That word glory actually means beautiful. So that tells me that you're never more beautiful than when you overlook an offense. You're never more beautiful when you let things go. You're never more beautiful to God and to the people around you when you forgive somebody. You're never more beautiful when you offer mercy to somebody. You're never more beautiful when you offer grace to somebody. You're never more beautiful when you go up to somebody and apologize to them. You're never more beautiful when you let it go. See, friend, when you let it go, God can begin to produce fruit in your life again. Some of you are wondering why you hadn't had any fruit in your life. It's because you hadn't let it go. you got to let it go today. Mike, if you'll come and help me, please. Let it go. Let God do something beautiful in your life this morning. Let God do something beautiful in your life this morning, friend. Listen, I want to leave you with this thought right here, and then we're going to transition to the baptism service. When somebody hurts you or hurls insults at you, here's going to be your reply. Go Calvary on them. Go Calvary on them. Now, I don't mean bring the Calvary and the army in to destroy them. I'm talking about bring, bring the Calvary, the, the cross at Calvary. Go Calvary on them. Go Jesus on them. Because Jesus, our greatest example, offended by our sin. Wounded and hurt, insulted, embarrassed, hung on a cross, shed his blood so we could have forgiveness in our life. Man, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. So, because Jesus has forgiven you, now you need to forgive others. For the Bible tells us in Colossians, it says, Bear with each other whatever grievances you may have against one another, and forgive as the Lord forgave you. 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 He's our greatest example. And He wants to free you this morning. He wants to free you from this trap that some of you have been in for years now. Would you bow your head with me? Nobody looking around, please. Please, Christians, if everything's good in your life, just, just begin to pray right now that God would work freedom in the hearts of people. Nobody moving around, nobody looking. Let me ask you this question. Wounded, hurt, insulted, attacked by people. It's happened to me. It has happened to me by some of the closest people in my life. And it has created a bitterness in me that has just been gnawing inside of me. And I need to be free. But I'm struggling about this thing and just letting it go. Would you pray for me today, preacher? If that's you, would you lift your hand? Nobody looking around. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand. Lift your hand. Honest hands. I love honest hearts, God. Thank you. Thank you. Hands still going up. Hands still going up. You can put them down. Is there others? Is there others? I'm just, ha I'm just having a hard time letting it go. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please, all over this place? Stand. I mean, hands were up all over this worship center. Here's what I want you to do.
Can we all lift our hands up to Jesus right now, just like this right here? Everybody in this place, just lift them up to Jesus. And you just say this right now. Jesus, I'm letting it go. Free me today, Jesus. Give me peace. Remove this bitterness from me. Destroy this monster. Help me be strengthened. Free me from this trap that I can walk with you. Getting closer and closer to you every day. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person gathered here today. God, I know there's a liberating work being done by your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, there's people in here that have been hurt and who have been wounded. God, I pray, Lord, that they would not allow that offense, God, to turn into something even more that would draw them away from you. I pray, Lord, today that they would be set free in your name, Jesus. God, may mercy flow in their life. May grace flow in their life. May uh, strength and forgiveness flow in their life today. God, make people fruitful again, God. God, Christians that have been uh, just offended and been hurt, God, that have just, just help them today, God, not to miss out on what you have for their life and help them to be fruitful now going forward, God, as they trust in you. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are free.